Amen and amen. Hey, if you are still standing at every campus, you can go ahead and take a seat. And good morning, church. Hey, saints. Good to see you this morning. And I know that's like, you know, something everybody says, like you're supposed to say, like, hey, it's good to see you this morning. It's not like, I'm not just saying that, like it's really, it's genuinely good to see you. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. I woke up this morning with just so much joy, and that doesn't always happen. So I just want to rejoice in the fact that the joy of the Lord is our strength and his presence is fullness of joy. And hey, if you are still waking up this morning, then let me like, and if worship didn't do it for you, then let me reinvigorate us this morning to the reality. We just sang it that we are here today gathered around to worship a king who is right now alive. We're not singing to some dead king. We are not singing to some um, force. We are not here gather around a word that is dead or inactive, but to a word that is living and active. That's what we came to be a part of today. So I got some joy if you need some. There's some for you this morning. That's what joy sounds like. Did y'all know that? Um, hey, by the way, if you are new with us, my name's Meredith. Hi. I would say I'm not always like this. That would be a lie. Um, but I'm so glad that you're here. And just to make sure we're all on the same page before we get going, I want to make sure we're all operating under the same understanding of what we're doing here this morning, okay? So we're going to get some crowd participation right from the beginning. We can do this, okay? You can use your voice. So just repeat after me, okay? I am here to be equipped, Okay, one more time. I am here to be equipped. Beautiful. Just to make sure we all understand that the reason we are here this morning is not to just take in a message or sing some songs that make us feel better, which worship does, by the way, but it's also not for us. Worship is for God. Um, or to just get a message that we like. Scripture says in the book of Ephesians that God has given the prophets, the apostles, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We are all here this morning so that we can hopefully receive something from God to go out in our everyday life and live differently. That's what we're doing here today. I, to be fully honest, I have very little to no interest in preaching a message that you even like super like. But if we can all take something, if we can all hear from the voice of God and take something into our week to live differently than saints, that is our work of the ministry. Not just mine, not just your campus pastors or your fuse pastor, or your discipleship director. That is our goal this morning. God equip me so that I can go out and work differently. Isn't that exciting? That God wants to like, every day with God is like a bring your kid to work day. He wants to be a part of this with us, which is why the book of Proverbs is so great because it is practical wisdom for everyday living. Lee started us off uh, last week with this, and it's just three simple thoughts that are like really the overarching theme of Proverbs, and it's this, get God, get wisdom, get life. We start with God as we pursue God as our, as our ultimate reality, as our number one goal, that it brings us into alignment with his ultimate reality. And as we get him at the, at the focus, at the core, then we get his wisdom. And we need his wisdom in order to get life. Because plenty of us have knowledge. We know stuff, but knowledge and wisdom are very different. 
I don't want to just accumulate knowledge throughout my life. I want to take that knowledge and use, learn how to apply it correctly. That's wisdom. Wisdom um, in the original language is actually chokmah, and it's the same word that describes like a skilled craftsman. I want to be skilled at living. I want to be skilled in my everyday way of life. And that's what the book of Proverbs offers to us. And today, when we come to the book of Proverbs, we're going to look at how to get some practical wisdom for our everyday work. One of my favorite worship songs about work, 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 work. It's not a worship song. Rihanna's not a theologian. If you don't know what that is, you're probably better for it. Okay, let me hit maybe a different generation. Working nine to five, what a way to make a living, barely get them by. You know, if you don't know that, it is this Dolly Parton, show some respect. Um, <laughs> Dolly Wood, I don't know. Brad loves it. Better than Disney. Okay. <laughs> but we're going to come to God and learn some practical wisdom for our work. And just before we even get into the content for today, I just want to, um, even at Gauntlet, I got to meet with just our ladies. Shout out Fuse ladies. Love y'all. You're the best. And one of the things I shared with them at Gauntlet, which by the way, shout out to anybody who volunteered. You are a saint and receive, I hope you receive every crown from heaven. I'm 35. I'm not supposed to be sleeping in a dorm room anymore. They're glorified baby mattresses. And just bless you. But at Gauntlet with our ladies, I said to them, and I want to say the same to you, not just as like a goal, but as like a means of accountability as well. I want to hopefully always go first um, in vulnerability and honesty. So even as like we're talking about the series and, and um, like who needs to preach when, I was very honored that actually the guys brought up, because it's the guys and your girl, you know, and the guys brought up, I think, you know, Mayor, maybe you should preach the message on work, which was such a, you know, an honor to me. It felt like such a massive compliment. And then the next week I had to come back to them with, with tears in my eyes and just confess to them, I got to be honest, like, I'm in the weirdest relationship with work that I've ever been in, which is weird for me because I don't know if it's like the former athlete in me or what, but like, I've always liked to work. Like, I like to do a good job. I like to be good at things, you know, as an athlete. It's like, you show up on time, you're late. You show up early, you're on time. You know, like, I, I've always loved to work, but lately it's like, if work were a person, I'd be, like, dodging its calls, you know. I don't hate it. It just kind of is right now. And even as I was prepping for this message, I sat up in my office in my upper room at my house, and I just, la I like, leaned my head back and laughed at the Lord, and I was like, you're going to work me over with this one, aren't you? So what I'm bringing today is not like, man, I wonder what are some like helpful things that I could share with the church from Proverbs. These are things that I am actively practicing, that I am actively like testing because I need God's wisdom when it comes to my work. And that's just the thing I need all of us to know. We all know plenty about work. Some of y'all are really good at it. Some of y'all like to work a little too much. Some of you, hopefully you had training for your job. Many of you probably went to college for what you do, but when it comes to getting wisdom, we do not just need self-help. We don't need just training. We don't need to just accumulate knowledge. We need blood-purchased, spirit-filled, heavenly wisdom on how to view our work. 
Because you've heard, like, I don't want, I don't want anybody to leave today and just be like, I'm going to work harder. That's, that's a narrative of the enemy. I ain't got no time for that. Or even work smarter. The goal today is that we would leave here knowing how to work wiser, not harder. So with that, we're going to come from Proverbs 26, verses 13 through 16. If you want to turn there, click there, get some notes out. You can open the New Spring app. I'm going to read this for us. And then we're going to share four realities about work from these four verses to go and work a little wiser. Here they are, starting at verse 13. The lazy man says, there's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. So four verses, we're going to unpack four ways to get God's wisdom on work. And then the saints are going to be equipped, and we're going to go out and work like that. Amen? Amen. All right, number one, when it comes to working wiser, we got to work with the right perspective. Work with the right perspective. Verse 13 says this. The lazy man says, there's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. Now, in modern terms, this would be someone who has come down with a case of the Sunday scaries. Has anybody ever heard of this? Okay, if you don't know what this is, um, it's like at some point on Sunday, maybe it's in the afternoon, you're going to start to get a little tightness in your chest. You're going to start like looking at your calendar and thinking like, okay, I got to do this this week. And, oh, I got to like have this meeting with this person that sh- it should have been an email. And um, whatever it is, you're going to start to get stressed out. And this is a real thing. And I want to tell you, like, I get this, but on Saturdays, because I'm a pastor, so I get the Saturday scaries. And this is not just, like, a theory. This is, like, an article from The Atlantic in 2020 even said this, that this feeling, whether we call it anxiety, worry, stress, fear, whatever, it's all really the same thing. Psych- psychologically, it's a response to the perception of some sort of threat. The perceived threat varies. It might be getting up early or being busy and on for several days in a row. Hello. But the commonality is that we jump to conclusions and underestimate our ability to cope. Does this not sound like maybe a little bit of what you feel heading into a work week? We jump to conclusions and underestimate our ability to cope. Because it's not just the work, is it? It's the job, but it's also the, oh, you know, I'm trying to eat better, so I, should, I really should meal prep on Sunday night and get the kale and the avocado and all that. And the kids have two baseball games this week, but in two different places. And I haven't washed their baseball pants yet, and I just, you know, whatever. And then, actually, I'm 24, and you know what, I'm, and I'm actually about to go off of my parents' insurance. So this week, I don't even know how insurance works. Who do I call? Like, what do I do? And it's this... Scary, 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 scary. But I want to tell y'all that it is a demonic narrative of the age to look into your week and instead of feeling hopeful or expectant, we feel dread or exhaustion before the week even gets started. And this is not what God has for us. God has a way for us to look into our work week and actually feel hopeful, expectant, and at peace when it comes to what he's put in front of us to do. But what we may need is a retraining of our mind. Because listen, again, not just saying this to you, I am currently queen of imagining all the things that could go wrong in a week. 
I'm literally sitting down, I, I kid you not, I'm sitting down here in worship, and I'm like, what if I get on stage, and this is like finally the time where I get up there and I have no idea what I'm doing. I just get up and I stand in front of you, and it's just like, Brad, you got to come finish it. Like, I, I'm like, oh, what emails am I going to get this week of like the same question that I always answer, you know, like but we've got to retrain our mind. And I'm going to give you, literally, these are practical things that I've been doing in order to, God, help me in wisdom, retrain my mind so that I'm not looking in the street for lions, but for purpose of what my work may be headed towards. So this is a few ways. Ways to retrain the mind, okay? A, where possible, restructure your day. Um, One of my friends shared with me, this was something that she learned in counseling. Team counseling, by the way, may help in retraining your mind. She said that her counselor shared with her that if you, like, get through your work week and you get to the weekend and you rest all weekend, you actually have a pretty good weekend, you don't look at your email, you um, maybe go to the lake or whatever you do, and you actually rested, but you go into your Monday and you don't feel any more rested than when you, current, than when you were headed into your weekend, then what you might need is not rest but a restructure of your day. And that just hit me like between the eyes. I was like, That's, I get through the weekend, I don't feel any more real rested. I gotta do some things to restructure. A few very just like simple things I've been doing. I wake up and immediately go outside, whether it's 112 or not. I just, sometimes it's a workout, less often it's that. Uh, maybe I just go for a walk or I just sit outside and look at a tree. Because I need something that just takes my mind so that I'm not immediately going and worrying about the things of the day, but I'm just going and observing nature, which preaches to the gospel of Jesus, by the way. Um, Another thing that I've been doing is I plan intentional lunches with people that fill me up at least once a week. As a pastor, just part of my job is I meet with people, which I love, that, that need help and maybe some counsel or encouragement, which I love, but I also need to make sure that I'm planning like one lunch in my week that helps Just fill me up a little bit. Um, Another thing, I've been placing scripture on every possible part of my house that speaks to a better reality about work. So I literally, again, this is what I'm doing. I wanted to show you this. This is in my sunroom. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. As a teacher, I don't want to just teach. I want to be taught. So that's in my sunroom with my 412 plants. The next one, this is on my refrigerator. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are satisfied. And I don't know about y'all, but I just be going to my refrigerator for no reason. There ain't nothing in there. I don't cook. I do have 30 eggs for whatever reason. So I'm like, I can make scrambled eggs. But every time I go, I'm being reminded the desires of the diligent are satisfied. Next one. This is on my back door. So right before I go outside, this is the thing that's resounding over me before I go to work. Establish the work of my hands, Lord. Establish the work of my hands. The next one I think is in my bathroom. This is one of my favorites in scripture, especially at the end. In the Lord, your labor is not in vain, whatever the labor. And then the last one is on my mirror in my bedroom. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for humans. This is something I've just been doing practically to retrain my mind. And lastly, for my job, my work is mostly my brain. Writing sermons, whatever. So at least once a week, I gotta do something with my hands. So like Friday, I'm out in the blazing heat. I had to get in my gutters, y'all, because I literally had like little trees growing in them. You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all are like, that's damaging your house. I'm like, I know, that's why I got up there. And I cut the grass. And it helps me just retrain my mind to restructure my day. 
Number two, another thing I do, I just find one why and actively remind myself of it. For me, it's usually just a person's name. And then the last one here, I just keep working anyway. One of the things I asked God was like, what is this? Like, what, what is going on with my view on work? Like, what is happening? And I felt like he said, it's an all-out attack by the enemy. I said, okay, like, what do I do? What do I do, Lord? Do I, like, worship? Do I, like, he's like, no, you just keep working anyway. Because remember what we just talked about in the Ephesians series? The last, Ephesians 6 says, stand firm, therefore. Many of us have not lost to the enemy, we just gave up. And if you would plant your feet and stand firm, the enemy knows eventually he has to retreat. And these are ways that we can retrain our mind. There might be more that the spirit has for you, but that's just literally, this is what I've been doing. So work with the right perspective. Number two, work with the right motivation. It says this in verse 14. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. This be me sometimes in my bed. That alarm goes off, snooze. Do y'all ever plan in your head like, okay, if I don't shower, I can get 10, 15 more minutes. Yeah, I got dry shampoo, it's fine. Then you start planning out your outfit in your head so you don't have to do it when you, okay, I'm going to wear those jeans with that shirt. Do I have any meetings today that, nah, I'll just wear a t-shirt. But this is real, isn't it? We feel stuck. We're we're rolling back and forth. Y'all, I got a king-size bed that I'm sleeping in by myself. I could roll all day, just never get up. But does this not sound maybe like like some of us, that we feel stuck? And usually what happens is the hinges that we're stuck on are the hinges of the world, our flesh, and the enemy. The world. I got to meet expectations. The world. I got to climb that ladder at work. The world. I don't even like the people I work with anyway. Our flesh. I gotta provide. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna. I gotta. And then the enemy convincing us that striving or giving up are good ideas. I'm just here to encourage us, church that you don't have to wake up in the morning feeling like you are stuck on the hinges of the world, the flesh, or the enemy. It is for freedom that you've been set free even when it comes to your work, that you wake up in the morning and it doesn't matter your job title, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor like me or you're a farmer or you're a teacher or you do manual labor, whatever it is that you don't feel like you are stuck, my job doesn't have enough purpose. When it comes to the purposes of God, that is a lie from the pits of hell. The way, and I'm gonna tell you, we don't need to just grease the hinges you know what I try to do? This is a confession. This isn't even in my notes. Sometimes I try to grease the hinges like maybe a vacation will help. 
And for a while, I'm like, ooh, look at me. I get up earlier on vacation than I do for work. So I'm like, well, I paid for it. Better get the most out of it, you know. We don't need to just grease the hinges. We need to be unhinged from this reality. And the thing that unhinges me, unlike anything else, is prayer. So again, this is just a prayer I've been praying that I want to give to you as an example that some of us need to pray this this week. Let me take that back. Even if you're in a great relationship with work right now, this wouldn't be a bad prayer to pray. Just as a a tune-up with the Holy Spirit. But we're talking to, to Father, Son, and Spirit here. Father, is this still the work you want me to do? I'm going to tell you, that's a dangerous prayer. Some of y'all might get messed up this week. I've been building this career for 20 years. You've been unhappy for 19. Maybe God wants wants you to do something else. Jesus, is there any way I'm working that does not align with how you would work? Our Savior worked with his hands, a carpenter, a, a master at his skill. There's ways that he worked that I know we need alignment in. And then Holy Spirit, reveal any way that I'm treating my work like an idol. Whatever it is, church, please pray this at some point this week and see if you don't get a little less this week. Let's get unhinged. That'd be a weird audio clip if it comes out, but I'm here for it. All right. Number three, we got to work from the right source. Work from the right source source. Proverbs 26 verse 15 says, the lazy man buries his hand in the bowl and it wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. This person has a soul that is depleted from trying to provide for himself. So here's, here's maybe what this looks like. Reach his hand into the bowl. This is the job I've always waited for, I've always longed for. Gets home and veggies out on Netflix for a few hours till you go to sleep and wake up the next day and do the same thing. Or reach his hand into the bowl. I got to provide for my family. Gets home and you don't even have the energy to enjoy your family. Reach his hand into the bowl. I got to get this certain status at work. (sighs) I don't even like the people I'm working around. Whatever it is, we reach our hand to the bowl as if that job, that title, even providing for our family is the source. And I'm here to tell you today that your soul, my soul, our soul will be depleted if we continually reach into the bowl as the means to our source. Because how we respond to seasons of weariness or laziness is revealing our source. So if you're just in a season of like, because work is tiring. Work can be very tiring, but if that's becoming your norm instead of just a season, then it's not a season, it's a cycle and there's a source issue. And what we need is a realigning of source. Because saints, please hear me. Jesus died 
rose again, sent us the power of the Holy Spirit for us to do more than go to a nine to five, get home, be so excited. Like if the highlight of your year is the new season of Yellowstone and you're just using it to get through your workday, Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit died to give you more of a source than that. So what is it? Genesis 1, first book, first chapter, tells us this. Genesis 1, 1, and then 27 through 28 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, how did he bless them? With work. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. We work because we were created, made, and then blessed by a God who works. And I I had so many, like, thoughts on how to describe this to us, but I've been reading this book. It's actually the second time I'm reading through it. It's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction by Eugene Peterson. I highly recommend it to everyone. And I was, he has this beautiful excerpt from one of his chapters on work. And I was like, how can I say this better? It's like, I can't. So I'm just going to read it. Exactly how he said it. An encouragement. And he's a pastor who did it well. He's like a, a papa pastor. So let this clarity of source bless you this morning. I'm going to read this for us. Before anything else, work is an activity of God. Before we go to the sociologist for a description of work, hello, or to the psychologist for insight into work, hello, or to the economist for an analysis of work, we must comprehend the biblical record, God works. The work of God is defined and described in the pages of scripture. We have models of creation, acts of redemption, examples of help and compassion, paradigms of comfort and salvation. One of the reasons that Christians read scripture repeatedly and carefully is to find out just how God works in Jesus Christ so that we can work in the name of Jesus Christ. Work is a natural, inevitable, and faithful development out of God's work. Please tune in here. The curse of some people's lives is not work, but senseless work, vain work, futile work, work that takes place apart from God. Our work goes wrong when we lose touch with the God who works his salvation in the midst of the earth. It goes wrong both when we work anxiously and when we don't work at all. When we become frantic and compulsive in our work, and we become indolent and lethargic in our work. The foundational truth is that work is good. If God does it, it must be all right. Work has dignity. There can be nothing degrading about work if God works. Work has purpose. There can be nothing futile about work if God works. Dignity, purpose. Dignity, and purpose. If we are made in the image of a God who works, then every aspect of our work, whether it's me emptying the gutters on Friday or showing up to preach a message on Sunday, it is given as a means of dignity, 
and purpose. Because just like this scripture tells us in Genesis 1, 27 through 28, whatever our job title, the purpose of it is to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. You're a business leader, take the kingdom there. You're a teacher, take the kingdom there. You work in janitorial work, take the kingdom there. You're a farmer, take the kingdom there. You're a pastor, take the kingdom there. Whatever it is, our source is God. He is our sustaining power, and we get to take the kingdom wherever we go. That's our main work. My prayer is that today we would have a renewed spirit, a right spirit within us of what work is meant to be. So I actually want to pause and take a minute to talk to two different groups of people. You're here and your work has become kind of like the whole source. You are great at it. You are good at it. You've been climbing the ladder. Then the invitation from the Holy Spirit today is to realign with God's purpose, his source, and see that the job is in the point. It's an avenue to bring the kingdom. Or you're here and you're on this side and maybe you are cynical about work. You hate work. It's stupid. I'm specifically talking to a younger generation right now that cynicism and sarcasm runs rampant in everything that you do. And God wants to give you a different narrative to take into your job of what dignity and purpose any work can bring. We work from the right source. I don't want us just reaching our hand in the bowl and then we don't even have any energy to enjoy the thing that God put in front of us to do. So we work with the right perspective the right motivation from the right source. And then fourth and final, we work to see ourselves rightly. Work to see yourself rightly. This is what the last verse says in verse 16. It says, the lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. You know what takes a lot of work? working to see yourself rightly. Like, one of the hardest things I've done in this weird relationship I've had with work right now, and listen, I'm not coming as someone who's perfected this. I'm like still in process. Me and God are still trying to figure it out. But one of the hardest parts has been working to see myself rightly, inviting input, inviting friends to speak into it, inviting the Holy Spirit to speak into it. And I've just... I felt the Holy Spirit whisper this to me and I felt like I was supposed to share this with y'all. Listen, laziness keeps us ignorant to who we could be. Sanctification in anything, but namely with our work, it takes work. It takes boldness to let the Holy Spirit in. That unhinged prayer, that takes work to pray that. To think that maybe there's some way God might want to shift my job. There may be some way I'm working out of alignment with the way Christ would work. I might be viewing my work as an idol and it takes work to see ourselves rightly. But gosh, we need a revelation from the Holy Spirit of how to work rightly. That there is more for us. Listen, I know I'm a pastor and a preacher, but you know I can be really good at what I do and not doing any work for the kingdom. Because God help me if I come up here and preach a really good message and I go out into my neighborhood, nobody feels a thing. Because this isn't my ultimate work. It's an overflow of the work that God's put into me to do to build the kingdom. And all of us have that shared purpose. 
So here's what we're going to do to kind of close up. I just felt like we were supposed to leave two minutes of space for us to just, Holy Spirit, help me to see myself rightly and my work rightly. So let's do that now together. Everybody, if you just want to close your eyes, I'm going to leave two solid minutes for us to just listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Speak now, Lord. This in Jesus' name. All right, if the Holy Spirit is still speaking to you, tune me out. So here's what I believe just happened, is that the Holy Spirit spoke to a lot of us. And what we're going to do now is respond to whatever he said. Maybe it's um, an act of repentance. Maybe it's, hey, if you are currently here and you're like, I've been looking for work then my prayer just then is that God would give you sooner rather than later a job that you can go and be a part of and feel like you're working with him. Whatever it is, the space at the end of a service is for us to do that work with the Holy Spirit. If it's responding for prayer, if it's coming for communion, if it's receiving salvation, you realize that the work of Jesus Christ, what he went through, he came, lived a perfect life, died rose again in order that you and I can have life in all aspects, including our work, maybe that's how you need to respond. Whatever it is, I'm gonna pray for us. And I also believe that the Spirit just spoke to your campus pastor or who's someone who's gonna lead you at your campus. I think there's a unique way that every campus is gonna respond today because we're working to see ourselves rightly and a person from your campus is gonna guide us in that. So I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna bless us. And then somebody from your campus is going to guide us in what that response is meant to be. So, Father, I bless my brothers and sisters right now in Jesus' name with the boldness to respond to whatever you just whispered. I pray, God, for dignity and purpose to be reinstilled in work this week. 
I pray for a bigger vision, Jesus, of what our jobs are meant to bring. That it's not about the title. It's not about the paycheck. All of those things will pass away, but the things done for the Lord will last forever. So we invite you now, Holy Spirit, have your way. We need your heavenly wisdom. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. Make sure to visit our website at newspring.cc for more content, including videos, articles, and devotionals to help you have an everyday relationship with Jesus. Or plan a visit to one of our campuses across the state of South Carolina.